The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. You better green out then, Dad. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, just smoke all the green I can smoke? And she's yeah. like, yep, you just got to get sick of it. Yeah. So I tried that yesterday. I did do that. And are you sick of that? I, not really. Not yeah. as to the extent I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. The struggle is real. I'm a weekend. No weed. I don't even feel like myself. Okay? But I'm, I'm, I'm keeping fighting on the good fight without <laughs> the weed, without my spinach like Popeye that I need but I feel pretty good and this is Chris Sims on Button and probably weren't expecting that opening but this is Ahmed Farid Chris Sims we're here on a Monday morning we'll, a few days after the Hall of Fame game yep. Ahmed is right off the plane from Cleveland yep. doing a baseball game Yep, and he's sporting a look today that I've is really rare when it's 92 out <laughs> and a heat index of 105 Okay, yeah. Yeah. it's a hoodie with the collar shirt. Oh, yeah. and it, he had the collar shirt popping over the hoodie a la like the Bee Gees in the 70s, yeah. which I like there. So I'm, don't I, stop now. Look, I've I scared mean, him out of it. Now I'm he's into the 90s it in. now. He's going back 90s? inside here. So, maybe that's an 80s look. So well, no, up? that's because. Thank you. So was, I took my addiction to weed away, but you're still going hard with the Red Bull. I am. So I am. one of us is disciplined I and the other isn't. I was up early today in Cleveland. Yeah, flight got canceled yesterday. And Gosh. so I had the early one here today. Shocker. And I'm wearing the hoodie because it's very cold in airports a lot of times. Yeah, always. Always. And in here, it's not that warm. No. We do the show inside, yeah, and so the air conditioning is on. But also, I did think of this. Yeah. I would have just worn the polo, but the polo is an NBC Sports polo. And I wore one of those one time. I think it was year one yeah. with you. And I made fun of you. You go, never do that yeah. again. Yes. You yes. company guy. Yeah, you company guy. It's not allowed on this set, all right? Unless it's Chris Sims on button t-shirt, you, yes. you can't wear anything else, all right? I've never forgotten Don't that. do that. So that's why I have to wear a hoodie over my polo. So I'm not yelling. And at what by the you. fuck is the deal with the plane like thermostat being at 52 degrees? Why? Like why I, I do don't they understand do that? Either I, I'm like, I mean, I was in Cleveland too this past weekend, yep. and I mean, I wore a hoodie, and I always, I'm like you, I wore sweatpants and a hoodie, and I was still sleeping on the way home on the flight, like with my hands in the pocket and my hood up. It still wasn't enough, and yeah. I think it's even worse when you're tired. Uh, that makes you even more cold. And you don't want to have to ask for the, the blanket. No. If no one else is asking for the blanket. I don't really uh, care about that. What I'm not touching that blanket. There's no fucking way. Aren't they single use? Or well, no, sometimes, they... I, mean, I guess they are now. I don't, I, think, I, don't think, I, I don't think I've seen a blanket since COVID, so maybe they're not even a real thing anymore. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Every now and then they weren't single use. I feel like they used That's to just bring them out, and I'd be like, uh, no, I don't know who's touched that. Yeah. There's no way. Planes are disgusting to me. It's maybe the dirtiest thing on the planet. Um, second time to Cleveland, second 
flight canceled? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You just didn't drive back this time. Two for two. We drove back the last time. This time right. I just took a flight the next day because I was like, screw it. Man. Yeah. Go back one more time. That's rough. I do want to talk about your trip to right. Cleveland yep. and the Hall of Fame game because cool. we were going to have you identify players there. Right. Like, what was it? We were going to call it a segment. Like, who, like who's a dude who's, or something like something that? Something like or, that, yeah. Like, he's, he's real. real. Yeah, yeah, he's real. Great memory, Pete. He's real. So we'll do that. Okay. Um, but we also... Uh, want to promote our new YouTube page. Woo, 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 woo. Before we get to read that. Read it, read it, read it. It is a new YouTube page for <laughs> NFL videos. YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. During the season, you'll see videos with Coach Dungy, the Football Night in America crew. Great podcast with Coach Dungy that I listened to in the airport on the way here. You can go to this YouTube page for all the NFL videos that NBC produces and then some. And we will continue to talk about this, Pete says, until we get to 50,000 subscribers. Yeah, we got to do it. I mean, it's it's only torturing you. I'm okay with reading it. It seems to be bothering <laughs> you. So I'm kind of enjoying these, this creep up to 50,000. There's almost a part of me that hopes it stops. It's like 49,900. So and just you just got to keep going. Hold steady <laughs> Hold there. steady for a year. Make make Ahmed you know, continue with this read. And like, man, can they show you some love on the promotion? Yeah, I was mean, I not in that no, one time? No, they don't even give a shit about you. Jeez, they're just using you. Snoop is in there. Yeah, I know Snoop's in it with an algorithm hat on. Right. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Here you are, part yeah. of the pod. Exactly. And they don't even give you love. They're sending you to Cleveland, and they don't even give you a flight back. Yep. Come on, get the guy in the promo. Oh, I have the only Chris Sims unbuttoned T-shirt in America. You do. I know. What, what an asshole still. I'd like to state for hoarding that. We're at 11.5 thousand <laughs> subscribers. So we're creeping up to, creeping to 50 thousand. Maybe we won't get there. Yeah. Maybe we won't get there. And we'll just There's read this a lifetime forever. read for you. Uh, we have a segment I'm really looking forward to yeah. today. Yeah. One player to watch. Right. So we're going to go so around hard. every NFL team. We're going <sighs> to go just with the NFC today. Yeah. Going to do the AFC on Wednesday, I believe. Yes, one player to watch. It's really hard, like the exercise. I mean, as you you know me, I'm like psycho, and I'm like, I can't narrow this down to one player. So I have three and four written down for everyone, <laughs> and I'm going to come up on the when it comes time to make the decision. I'm just going to make the decision. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, it is a cool little exercise to go through. Yeah, it's like preseason. Who's a player that Chris Sims would identify as like I'm gonna I'm really gonna watch this player because I think this is key. Yeah, there there's some dull ones where you're just like, oh well obviously it's this guy. I'm trying to avoid quarterbacks. Listen, we know the quarterbacks. Yeah. Like okay, I, I got that. I'm trying to avoid them for the most part. I think I got one or two in there. And then you know for me I I'm kind of a guy that looks at like eh, as I told you before the pot, I was like I you know I kind of just look for issues with the team and then is there somebody there that can fill mm-hmm. that void? Mm-hmm. And if that is, you know, if they did it, make an addition there, that's the guy to watch. So uh, there's, there's a lot of good ones here. I think we'll have a good conversation around We'll those. go through every team in the NFC. I've got a defensive lineman to watch. I like it. Because I am now a defensive line expert. And an expert. I mean, I've been with some great defensive line coaches, Rod Marinelli back in the day, Ooh. the old head coach of the Lions. Yeah. He's probably the best, one of the best defensive line coaches in the history of football. Yeah. And, like, no joke, I give Rod some credit. There was a time where I used to hear best coach in football around Rod Marinelli. I mean, you would hear other coaches say that. He's the best coach in football. I know it didn't work out as a head coach, and maybe he wasn't made for that specifically. But getting the most out of his unit on a year-to-year basis, man, he was amazing that way. Um, I don't even know what the point of that was. 
Uh, where what did you defensive just line? Me? I'm a yeah. defensive line and, expert. But I love so it. Yeah, you, 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 you were comparing me to Rod Marinelli. I, that's where I was you going. Go, you are at the level it's very now, similar. Almost. You just when you would look at Ahmed Farid, you think defensive <laughs> line. I think yeah. most people do. If you don't know the story, it's like I this offseason I was like, Chris, I want to become an expert at a position <laughs> group, and, yeah. I, and we went back and forth, and we decided on defensive line. I, Give the big guys up front some love. Definitely, there's so many good ones in the league that nobody ever talks about. And I hope that's, hey, we pride ourselves on that stuff, correcting narratives, stupid narratives, giving love to guys that don't get enough love. And I think it's a good way to little, you know, spread the wealth there. So we got every team in the NFC, a player to watch, a defensive lineman to watch. We'll do that here in a second. But first, your thoughts from the Hall of Fame game yeah. in Cleveland. We got Jaguars and Raiders. I was so pumped to watch you guys. Did a great job with Football Night in America. It was good to see you back out there on the field. It was raining on you at some point there. You had to find cover. Everyone's scattering. Find cover, and at one point I'm in the tunnel, uh-huh. right? And we're a, totally opposite of where we're doing the show. And I'm out of a segment, right? So I'm kind of like deep in the tunnel, trying not to get in the way of like Rodney and Richard Seymour and, and some of those and Jack Collinsworth. Yep. And since we're so far away from where we are and I'm in the tunnel, like, you know, my, my thing, my, my earpiece, it's kind of going in and out, the connection from the live cast. Yep. And all of a sudden I hear a segment where I go, wait, I'm in this segment and they're already in it. And like. I have to run over there, and good thing it wasn't an on-camera one where I had to talk about Brian Young, and I'm literally, like, fighting through people in the tunnel to get back to see the monitor so I could talk about Brian Young and why he deserves to be in the – oh, my gosh, my heart was in my neck. It's a worst nightmare. Oh, my – it was the worst nightmare. It really was. And uh, You're thinking, first show, first show, I'm going to miss a segment that I'm in. The bosses are here. They're going to kill me if I mess this up. You're knocking down Hall of Famers. You're just like, get out of my way. I don't care. I was pushing all kinds of people out of It's not your time right now. Now. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like stressful. that. It, stressful. It is stressful. That, it is. That's the worst nightmare that you're going to miss your st- miss your spot. Yeah. That gave me chills just hearing that. All right. So about the game. The game yeah. did happen. Yep. I was excited to see it. I was a little bummed when, like, as the game's going on, you're like, oh, this is so cool. It's just still not real. I yet, know. You know. I know. It's, that's right. But you got to look at some players. Yeah, did. And so let's start kind of with your observations. And you do this a lot. You, you say you learn a lot from watching the quarterbacks pregame yeah just even just seeing them their yeah. body the way the way they're carrying themselves right. how hard they're throwing looks different in person than maybe it does on tv yep so trevor lawrence was there yeah what'd you think of him Oof. i've only seen trevor lawrence from a distance really until that night right and um the first thing you do when you see the guy is you go what a specimen i mean there's, there's no there's no doubt about it he is one of those quarterbacks where you go holy shit if you wanted to build one in a lab, that's kind of the guy you want. You know, muscles, you know, got some thickness to him, but not so thick to where you go, oh gosh, he's going to, you know, be overweight or he's not going to be able to move the way he wants. It's just the right touch. And then has a neck that is like, it's unquarterback like. It really is. He has a neck like a middle linebacker. I mean, I don't know if you've rarely ever seen it, but it's like, I don't want to, it's a, he's the Takeo Spikes. Of quarterbacks <laughs> with his neck. Yeah. It's very impressive. And you've heard me a lot with Trevor Lawrence, a big fan. I know how talented he is and all that, but we've talked a lot over the last year about inconsistencies throwing, inconsistencies in technique, where mm-hmm. I think I've made comments like he could throw ten out routes and seven of them he throws them seven of them different seven different ways, right? Yeah. And not in the good way like we talk like like a Matt Stafford. Yeah, not or like sidearm or whatever. He's trying to do it out of the book, but it's just different 
look every time and you're like, whoa, this time he stepped here. This time he's, you know, not in the right position at all. His shoulder's out of whack. And this time, whoa, he let his arm get too long to where you just go, hey, I know he's got talent. He could probably make it happen. But that's just you're not going to last that way. You got to be more a little bit more of a machine to be a superstar in the NFL that way. And I think the first thing that I came out was, you know, I saw him warming up and I said, ooh, Motion looks good. He's definitely learned how to tighten it up just a little bit, not letting his arm get so far back behind him. He would always has done a pretty good job of keeping his arm angle, but would really let it get far behind him at times. But as I started to watch, you know, it was the same release every throw. You know, body positioning was in perfect position every throw. And when I say that feet, hips, shoulders all aligned the right way, and then, you know, being able to turn that shoulder as you throw. And I'm, I'm going to say he sat there and it was a good 45-minute, like, legit workout. He threw, I'm going to say 100 balls, hmm. maybe more. And when I tell you he threw, if he threw 100 balls, he threw 98 strikes. I mean, it was um, he was putting on a clinic. Because you got reports last year. I remember you talking about uh-huh. this on the pod. Yes. Where People in your same position watching him pregame, right. warm up, right? And they said it didn't look good. It, uh, there was weeks where I had people, media and even coaches on other staffs, going, "Oh, you know, like I told you, you're, you're going to be right about this." Zach Wilson, Lawrence is, was all over the place today in warmups, yeah. right? I got a few of those reports, but man, if he throws the ball like he did on on uh, Thursday night, don't worry about anything. You know, again, it's a strong arm. He throws a really catchable ball. It spins really hard. Spinning is important. It sticks in the guy's hands. So I just was thoroughly impressed with the approach to the workout, how legit he played it. It wasn't like, oh, wait, there's no rush out here, and I'll pack the ball an extra time. He played it real, like he was in a game and was just absolutely on the money uh, throughout the night. And it was, it was fun to watch. People will say, oh, it's a workout, it's pregame. You Doesn't fe- matter. You feel better about him after seeing that yes. than you did before that. I, 100%. It's a workout, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But I've seen a lot of guys go through workouts like that and go, I didn't love the way that looked. I've been around quarterbacks my whole life. And then a few weeks later, I go, well, I kind of saw that in warm-ups a few weeks ago. And I'm not shocked to see that. It carries over. Mm-hmm. If you can't be a machine in air, you have, no, you have no chance of being a machine when people are around you. Right? And that's where the Bradys or Troy Aikmans or whoever through time, I mean, they're machines all the time. And I think he's gotten there. And you could tell. So then, you know, I'm, I'm watching every throw. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there hoping I don't sweat through my suit. And I'm like, whew. Um, and it gets towards the end, and I kind of happen like I'm just watching, but I ended up being like kind of where he was about to run off the field. And I was like, oh, great, this is perfect. He's kind of running right at me. Let me just say hi. I said hi. I said, man, I mean, you look great out there, man. It, it looks like you really fe- fixed some, like, you know, technique issues. And he was like, hey, man, thank, thanks. I, I've been working at it. I'm glad you noticed. Like, so hmm. he obviously has – you know, the right approach here. I know he's been in contact with Peyton Manning. I know that too. So he's on the right path. And then I think when you add on to Doug Peterson, Mike McCoy is quarterback coach, who was the head coach of the Chargers and played quarterback as well. I think he's got the right people on him to stay on him at all times and keep all these things clean. And I would be shocked, like I said in pregame, if there's not a big jump in his game this year. So if he has a big jump in his game, yeah. the outlook for the Jaguars improves then too Uh, what about around him what do you see around him the Jaguars team is a looking good looking team they're they're a bunch of lookers like I I I at one point you know was like whoa I just couldn't get over you know you see 
oh, there's Josh Allen on the defense end. And then, you know, whoa, there's Trayvon Walker. I didn't see Devin Lloyd. I couldn't – I never got to see him. But then you look at him, and then you look at Brandon Scherf, and then, of course, you look at the quarterback, and then, you know, you see some of the receivers that go along with it, and you just start to go, holy sh-. I mean, Jacksonville looks the part. They got a lot of studs on their football team. You know, Roy Robertson Harris. I mean, just go through the list. You know, Caleb on Chason. You know, he's just a bigger guy than I thought. You know, on pads, I always thought, oh, he's undersized. He's got a little more size than him. There was just Evan Ingram, the addition of that to the football team, where I, the, I'm not saying we're playoffs or anything like that. But what I am saying is they have talent and a look to me to go, they know what they're doing, they have a plan. And what they're looking for as far as players are concerned. And I think that's big. And I just think that this is a team that's going in the right direction. I was really impressed with the amount of specimens. And and to add this, and, and not, you know, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all here, but Jason Garrett and Dungy now come on the field. And I look at Jason Garrett and I go, Man, Jacksonville like looks the part. And then we went on TV and blah blah blah. And then we got done with the postgame show, and Jason Garrett was like, hey, hey, I, I didn't get to talk to you about what you said before, but he's like, you're right. He goes, I was really impressed with the way the Jaguars looked. Hmm. You know, So, again, I'm not saying that's playoffs, but I think they're going to be a pain in the ass, and they got playmakers, and with that quarterback, I'm just impressed with what they've done there. Trent Baalke's obviously done a good job of finding some guys that fit the way they want to play, look, and, and their style all together. Well, with that quarterback yeah. and the neck that he has, as you mentioned, Pete has found a picture of it. Oh, too. yeah. Look, I mean, look at that thing. It's wider than his head. It is wider than his head. I mean, it's it's I, you don't see quarterbacks with necks like that. In fact, I think the it's Peyton Manning ish, really. Peyton's Peyton has a long neck like like uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but I don't think Peyton's was quite that thick. Peyton's was pretty thick. Don't get me wrong, but not like that. And I don't think Peyton has the muscular body quite the way this guy does. He this guy to me has a look of like if he really wanted to like lift weights and be like that guy, he could be like. Whoa, this is a specimen looking tight end who's jacked. You sure. know what I mean? He has that type of body, I think, if he went that way, but he's not because he wants to stay loose and pliable and flexible to be a great quarterback. We should do that. That should be our thing. We bring on quarterbacks yeah. who talk to him because you're a quarterback whisperer. Right. You, you're an expert on it. And at the end of the interview, we just bring a tape measure out and measure their neck. I, and then, <laughs> yeah, see, can you, you see who, who, yeah. Trevor Lawrence has the biggest neck we all think. Yes. And so can Mahomes you... has another neck. Ooh. Mahomes' neck is thick for sure. Those are two that jump out like to me right off the bat where I'd go, I would think they win the award in the neck department. Uh, yeah, Mahomes has a neck that's not normal as a quarterback as well. But, yeah, th- th- those are two pretty good ones. Big Ben out of the league. He was yeah. probably up there in the Well, in his prime, he was. He was. In yeah. his prime. In his prime, right. Yeah. In his now, next prime. Yeah, in, in his first prime, in, 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 you know, as, as – not working out and eating and maybe some beers took over. It's not – it wasn't quite the same. Yeah, may, and it may not be as defined. All right, so uh, last thing on this game. Yeah. So if you were impressed with the Jaguars, I would have thought coming into this game you would have looked at both teams and maybe the team that you had that reaction to would be the Raiders. A lot of people think they're going to be improved. That division's so tough, but maybe they can still make the playoffs. Um, what was what was your thought of them and Josh McDaniels being around them and the whole vibe? They, had, a, they had a, some guys on their squad, first off, that weren't there. They left some guys at home. I believe they only traveled 70, where, like, Jacksonville had the full 90. So you didn't get to see it all. Uh, also, you know, it's hard to see it all. I, I, I watched Derek Carr throw for a good period of time. Man, he looked great, and I got to talk to him. That was awesome, right? Um, 
it's a it's a I don't want to be messed up here. It's it's a good looking team, you know, and especially I think when you know Chandler Jones who wasn't there. That's what I mean. Some guys that were that would round about their look right. all together. You'd go wow. I don't know if I even saw Darren Waller there either. I never saw him. But let me just say this right off the bat. We heard John Gruden last year say Darren Waller might be like the best player he's ever been with or seen. Mm-hmm. It's the Raiders couldn't stop talking about him either. The the Raiders, I had a few coaches in the Raiders go, he might be the best player I've ever seen. And I was like, really? I was like, what? what is it? And they were like, I mean, you see how big he is and all of that, but I, it, a little like Gronk in his prime, I think he, and, and I think this guy maybe more to an extent, maybe not quite as big, but the athletic, like they were, he's faster and quicker than you think. The film doesn't really do it justice. And I had a few coaches go, like, when we do drills and he comes at me, and he's, they're like, it's, it's like out of this world good. It's a guy that's, you know, 6'6 six, six and change at 250 plus, and he's coming out of breaks like I think some of the better receivers on their football team and exploding straightaway speed like he's, you know, a legit top end receiver. So I just found that fascinating. Yeah. I think the other thing I found fascinating, I had some fun with Derek Carr just about the offense because I, I was in the Gruden offense. He was in the Gruden offense. You know? Then I had to learn the Josh McDaniels offense, and now he's going through that too. And when I got a hold of the Josh McDaniels offense, I was like, what the fuck is this? What? One out slot, zero hole, one half. That's how they call formations, and it's just a different thing. And so we had a little chuckle about that. Um, I know he's doing great. They had nothing but but positive things to say about him as well. But I'll tell you, here's the other thing that I, I noticed. And, and again, I was with Josh McDaniels in his first rodeo with the Denver Broncos. Totally different vibe than – and maybe I'm a little wrong because I was in Denver and playing. But I remember being there and that place being on culture shock. Like – Whoa, the New England way and Josh are wearing our ass out. I remember at the end of the training camp, I mean, you don't ever hear coaches and trainers complain. And they were complaining at the end of the training camp, and Josh McDaniels had only been there for like three months because mm-hmm. it was just such a grueling schedule. And, and, you know, they weren't used to the New England way and all the detailed and scrutinizing of every little right. thing, right? Is he not doing that? He's not doing that now. It's the one thing I just hmm. – I know he's talked to me about it. He talked to me at the Combine about it, how he was going to approach things differently, and he might have you know, ruled too much with an iron fist the first time around. And it, it, I think the biggest thing is he's got a coaching staff this time and people in the front office who have been there with him, either in New England or in Denver in these places, so they know what they've signed on for. So it's not like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're working this hard and we have to be here this late. And – I think he's, you know, found the, the Midas touch and how to talk to people and do that. And I just felt like the vibe around it was I, – I kept saying, man, you guys feel like you got the, the band back together. Like you're all happy to be together. You know what to expect from each other. You're all workers and know what it takes. And they were heavy happy that way. And I thought that was cool. It was definitely cool, definitely different than at least what I remember from the first time around in Denver where I feel like – if you had a coach on our team talking to another coach and they were like, hey, what's it going on? There was like a little rolling the eyes and be like, yeah. 
well, it's been tough, but it's good. You know, it's good. Like, it, it wasn't like that this time at all. Josh may have felt like he needed to do that I think to, he did. to yeah. assert himself, a younger coach. Right, he was 32. Right? 32 back Full then. control. That's crazy. I was going to guess mid-30s, late-30s, 32. Full And full control, GM and head coach. And there was just too much on his plate. Yeah. I think he would tell you that, too. Now he's got a guy that's from New England and Dave Ziegler as the GM and a guy he's known for a long time. So he can, hey, you're in the trust tree. I don't need to look at every player and everything of film and all this. Just, okay, we need a we need a right guard. I know he'll narrow it down to three, and we'll go in and make a decision which one of those three, and I can trust him that he'll do the right work and have the right approach. And I think that's where it's a little more at ease this time around. You make anything of him giving Josh Jacobs five rushes in the game? Well, one, like th- this is where I don't like the internet and shit. We're just going to pile on Josh McDaniels because he played running backs. Well, so what? First off, who in that running back list is like such a God's gift to the world that you don't play? Do they have Derrick Henry? Did I miss that they have Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook on their football team where it's just 1,000 yards every year when they play football? Like That's right. Like, who's on that list that they deserve to be treated like a superstar but they don't play? Like That's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would play, say is he's from New England. Tell me when in New England they didn't run, play running backs in the preseason. But who would they have that's a superstar that they just go, well, we're not going to play him. I mean, Tom Brady was playing in the preseason like a few years ago when he was there. First preseason game, Brady, like, he'd get out there. All right, Maybe there were some years he didn't in that first one, but I think for the most part he did. He at least got a drive or so. And so, But th- that would be my argument. This guy knows what he's doing. All right? And – I do think there's a thing in the NFL, especially right now with the lack of tackling and hitting and things that you could do in training camp, where I've heard coaches complain about this. You know, early on in the year, you know, running backs missing holes. He's maybe not running as hard as he should be. I think they're getting him in game shape, getting him ready to go. They're learning a new offense. Like I just said, it's a totally different language. I'm sure some of the rules and blitz protection some of the rules in their route running are completely different than what they used to be. So he's getting him used to that. It wasn't like he was wearing anybody out in that game. He got everybody in, got them some touches. And last thing I'll say about this, Ahmed, is he, he's got a team in the AF fuck, AFC fucking West, okay? I don't know. I just had to throw that F in there somewhere, and I had to get it in, all right? But. Yeah. They got to hit the ground running. They don't have time to be like, oh, well, hey, it's early and our, our running backs are still getting a feel for the game. I mean, they start out the Chargers and then it's the Cardinals and then it's at the Titans. And then, oh, they got a cupcake game against the Broncos. Yeah, okay, great. Who everyone thinks is going to the playoffs this year. And then it's at the Chiefs. They're in arguably the best division in football. And they were a playoff team last year. And there's expectations. And I think he's trying to get this group ready to go. So it's where it's a little bit like it's where I don't like social media. We're just going to jump on something, not really think about it, and make it a thing because he didn't do good as the first time as a head coach. So now we're going to question every fucking move he makes. And I, yeah. I just I don't agree with that. And I think maybe part of it was just questioning, all right, what does this mean for Josh Jacobs? Yeah, if he's sure. playing that much, does it mean like they don't value him and they don't care about keeping him healthy? And I think that was maybe part of it, too, a surprise. I, I don't the- think he's crushed it in camp to this yeah, point. Sure. To where I think they wanted to... Yeah, rev it up a little bit with It's him. a competition. They're, it is. They're signaling that to no, him. No doubt about it. He's yeah. he's not getting a free pass here. And with yeah. guys like, you know, Zamir White there, I mean, he's a damn good player. And, of course, you know, Kenyon Drake being there is damn good too. And like I said, that offense, 
It's got more rules and things than any other offense in football, and it's just not easy to digest and think like, oh, you know, I can just when, it, when it's a real game, I'll be ready to go, coach. That's not the way New England works. You know that. You know that they're not like, oh yeah, we we think he's got it. You got to prove it to them. Yep. And then they trust you, and then you got to keep proving it to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never can stop. Never uh, there. Okay. I want to get to the NFC uh, teams here. The one player to watch. But last thing. Yeah. Who's who's real? He's real. Was there anyone else who looked real to you? Trevor Lawrence looked real. Yeah. He's real. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trayvon Walker looked real. He's real. I mean, of course, Josh Allen looked real. Um, Evan Ingram, I thought, was maybe the most impressive hmm. ball catcher out of everybody. I mean, that's what we've heard for pre-game years, warm-ups, right? Yeah, like, Christian ah. Kirk looked really good. Okay. Yeah, so Evan Ingram, I'm really hoping that this new place is like a, a fresh start for that guy. You know, who had to deal with, you know, some some haters in the New York area, and, and rightly so. He dropped some balls in some big moments and didn't quite live up to maybe expectations. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's probably the, the group. But I'm just trying to think if there was anybody else out there that, that really popped to me. But I will say I was a little biased in my attention because Trevor was on one side. I saw Derek yeah. Carr warming up, and I watched that, and then I was like, okay, Trevor's doing like a like legit – warm up over here yep. workout let me watch more of this and, and i was probably on their side a little bit more than the raider side around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. All right, good. We'll get more information as the preseason goes on. But while the preseason goes on, what we have to do is we gotta we gotta focus. We gotta we gotta know what we're looking for when all these teams are playing. Because you can't watch everything, even though you try. Yes. You go back and watch film. And so we'll start in the NFC here today. We're going to look at every team. We're going to go through every team in the NFC. We're going to start with the team with the worst odds to win the NFC to the team with the best odds. We'll start with the Falcons here. But basically, this exercise is if you could only focus on one player all preseason, which player would you pick right. for the fans of this team? So let's get right into it. Let's get into it with the Falcons, whose odds of winning the NFC. Is this right, Pete? Plus 10,000? I didn't uh, even know they did stuff. 1,000 to 1. <laughs> Did he a add an extra zero there? Plus 10,000. Yeah. I was at 1,000. Yeah, that's yeah. the conversion. Oh, that's Pete the conversion. just did the math. Oh, right. You can do right. the math. He's so smart. Yeah, yeah no calculator needed. Uh, uh, no. Wait, it's 100 to 1? Oh, no. He's, he I does need Pete a calculator. Well, Pete and counting has not always been great. He's, his math skills are definitely debatable. We've learned that. And yeah. the pick spot. So the the Falcons are not a favorite to win the NFC. That's safe to say, you know, depending right. on what the number is or is not. Yes. Um, but they got players to watch, and maybe that these are the teams that you got to have more of those players to watch. Who are these young players who will be part of the next playoff team uh, for the Falcons? So Chris, yeah, it's 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 not the most impressive roster in football. It's one of those where you look at it and you go, it lacks playmakers. Right, so I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like difference makers on both sides of the ball. Uh, That's where you know, to me, clearly, you know, AJ Terrell in the secondary, Grady Jarrett are probably their two best defensive players on the offensive side of the ball. We know it's Kyle Pitts, but then then who is it? And I don't know. And that's where like 
I think for the sake of this, I am going to Drake London. I'm not trying to be a cop out here with like, you know, going with the first pick of the draft. Hey, I got some of that too. Of course, that's, you're going to see through here, but I think this is one where it, it fits. You know, first off Drake London, I would say out of the receivers that were drafted in the first round was probably the guy that was the most all over the place with people I talked to in the NFL. Some people didn't have him in their top five. Some people thought he was the best receiver in the draft. It was a little all over the place. I think it depended on how much you value speed and route or you know size and route running. Some teams were like, wait, he's not fast enough, and I, I don't trust that. So I just look at that and go, I think he's the guy to look at here as far as can he separate in the NFL? I know he's a really good route runner and he's big and he's going to make those type of catches. But is he going to be able to beat people over the top? Is he going to be able to shake somebody off the line of scrimmage and I'm running a slant route and then catch the ball and actually pull away? Or is he going to catch it and get tackled for seven? Those are the things I want to see. And when you're a top ten pick, you know I expect you to catch it and pull away a little bit or break a tackle and make something happen there. So I really do – again, I'm not trying to be a, a cop out here – I think that's the guy for a yeah. team that lacks difference makers. They de- they don't have a great running back or anything like that right now. He's the guy I look at to go, let's watch him and see what he's made of, you know, and see if he can really contribute year one. Yeah, that's, I'm going to like this exercise because it's not like watch this player because we think he's going to be a stud or you think he's going to be a stud. Right. You're like watch this player because we got to find out. This is, this is, find out. This is find important out. for this team. This preseason, we're going right. to find out. No, no doubt get about it. Get some indications. The hey. whole story won't be written, but we'll right. get some indications early exactly. on how these players will match up. A hundred percent. You know, and, and listen, uh, again, even for – I, 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 you know, I, there's some of these I want to give you two names and all that, but you know, I even take the second round guy from Penn State where I just go, well, you know, Arnold, Arnold, uh, Ebikiti, e- 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 I kind of practice his name. We should have just kept Penn it State. to one, we should have kept it to one name. I know, <laughs> but he is one again. Who's rushing the passer there? Yeah, in Atlanta, and he is one to watch. So they're one that's a little bit obvious that way. I know there's the Desmond Ritters out there and that's all what, that, but I think Drake London is is the one that takes the cake. So we'll me. get a couple names in there just from the homies yeah. here because we asked this question out there on your Twitter. Uh, Falcons Cook Eleven did say Desmond Ritter. Yeah. interested to see him. My defensive lineman to watch. Yeah, you brought his name up, uh, Grady Jarrett. They're kind of moving him around this year. They're going to move him around. He's a little bit more of an X factor, and he'll yep. be. Um, playing in, in different spots this he year, will. so that'll be something to watch. It perhaps. will be something to watch for. I'm glad you brought that up because it's, you know, he's he is like a four three three technique type of guy. Just shoot the gap and win because he's athletic and explosive off the ball and doing all that. That's not what they're doing down there in three, DNPs. Four. So yeah. I think yeah, it's more three four based, and that's where I think you're going to see him. You know, maybe over the tackle a little bit, playing head up. And that's where they are going to move him around a little uh, to where you're not going to see him no, necessarily always playing that traditional defensive tackle spot. I'm interested to see if he can do it. I know he can do it, but what, at, at what high level can he do it, I think is going to be the interesting thing to watch. So that's the Falcons. The Seahawks are plus 6,600. Is that right, Pete? Can we believe that? Can we believe any of these numbers here? The plus six sixty. <laughs> That's is, right. Get him, Ahmed. Is right. Get him. This he is goes, where we need his mic opened, Pete, so yeah. we can hear him stumble and mumble now <laughs> yeah. that he's all flustered. Yeah, we've got to him now. We've got to him now. No, he's he's he is confident in his numbers. The conversion there just threw him off for a second. Uh, so, how about the Seahawks here? New team. They not rebuilding totally. Yeah, still got DK Metcalf there. And, yeah, but who are you watching in this preseason? Seahawks, like you look at them and I look at their defense and I go, man, they got a lot of good defense alignment. I don't know if there's a star there. 
you know, I do look at it and go, like, who's going to be the guy that, you know, pops off for them that can be that difference maker a little bit like we were just talking about. And they do have the second-round pick, Boye Mafe from Minnesota, is really impressive. But, uh, you know, I also look at the tackle position. We know they got Charles Cross, you know, the kid they had at right tackle last year who was a, a rookie, um, Jake Cor- Coran. But, but I think ultimately I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with my second-round Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker to me – and and, and 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 maybe I'm you know in my own little world here, but I, I think he has a chance to be a superstar at running back. And if he is what I think he is, it's going to change this team around. And I, you know, whoever's at quarterback, which I expect it to be Geno early in the year, you know, the offensive line I think is going to be better than it's been in years past. And then you have an explosive run. This is Chris Carson, except. He has an extra rocket up his ass. Chris Carson was never going to break anything more than like 25, 30 yards. This kid can go 80, let alone run you over like Chris Carson could too. So I look at him, Rashad Penny, we know we have him, but I, I think he can be that kind of difference maker that can give their offense an attitude and a playmaker to where it just opens up everything. And I, I'm going to say him to see, yeah, let's see if he looks the part and is, is what what I say he is. Would have been kind of interesting to see him paired up in an offense with Russell Wilson, but that I is know. no longer the case there. Hawk Strolliger, yeah, frequent contributor to our podcast here, says Tariq Woolen. Yeah. He is a fifth-round rookie cornerback out of UT San Antonio, a little under-the-radar guy. He goes, he's got three rockets up his rear, tall, long, jumps out of the building, was thought to be a very raw prospect, but already earned some first-team reps this offseason amid stiff competition. Very exciting. It's cool to see. It is. He's a guy that he certainly popped through the draft process. You know, I always worry with some of those longer guys. It's not – I know, he. what did he run, 4-2 at the combine, 4-2-9, something like that? It was off the charts good, you know, but what I worried about just watching on film is like short area quickness, you know, hey, he's got to turn the hips and now explode. That's where it was just a little less than to me, um, but it's cool to see that he's, you know, showing out there. Uh, yeah, 426, wow. Pete's telling me. That's what I mean. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, it's the flipping in the hips. It's can he plant his foot in the ground of the backpedal, backpedal and still have that same type of explosion of speed that we saw at the combine? Uh, I, w- I, I got to see that still, but, but it sounds like uh, people are seeing that. My defensive lineman to watch yeah. came over in the trade okay. for Russell Wilson. It's Shelby Harris. Can Good. he be an anchor for that defense? He definitely can. Uh, you know, you look at him, he's versatile, defensive tackle. You know, big defense end can do that kind of stuff. And this is what I was talking about with their defensive line. LJ Collier, I know he's been, hasn't lived up to first round expectations, but he's mm-hmm. a good player. Him, Shelby Harris, Alton Robinson's not bad. Darrell Taylor from Tennessee. Yep. Another guy, you go, ooh, okay. You know, there's, the, there's Puna Ford, there's Quentin Jefferson, there's Brian Moan. You know, there's Al Woods. It's a strength of their there, team. There's some depth there. You know, so it might not be superstar world over there, but there is some depth to yeah. where they're going to have like four good bodies in there. You know, throughout a football game. Seahawks plus six thousand six hundred. The Lions right there with them plus yeah. six thousand six hundred. They'll be on Hard Knocks. I don't get HBO. I never have. What? But 
I almost feel like I have to. You now. do, or like to. at least get like the HBO Max app, right? Yeah, you I could don't do that. that. Yeah, it's it's easy. Don't these come out though for free the next day or two days later on NFL? Is that is that Pete? right? Do they? I, I don't think so. I think maybe after training camp's over, you might get them for free. They're not going to do that right now. Okay. I mean, who who do you think you are that you're going to scam the game like that from <laughs> HBO? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I sorry to even throw that out there. All right, so if you're watching the Detroit Lions on Hard Knocks, and if you're watching them in the preseason, who are you looking at the most? Well. All right, man. They got a few. They got a lot. They got a few guys that it, like. I mean, hey, Jeff Akuda just jumps out. It's not my guy, but yeah. he's definitely like, come on, we got to live up to the you know number three pick in the draft yeah. expectation. Man, they got that tight end for Virginia Tech that I love, who was hurt, Jamie Mitchell. But I'm not going to throw him out there too because he is a fun kind of under the radar watch. I'm going to go with DJ Chark. DJ Chark to me, the the Lions don't have a number one receiver. And to me, he's the only guy I look at to go, he has number one receiver potential. So I want to kind of see how he's used in the preseason. Game, in the mm-hmm. preseason. Are they using him like he's the number one guy? And then I am a believer in his, I mean, his speed and size, it is real. So if they can kind of develop that number one guy, I think that's where you start to go, oh, whoa, now Amon Ross St. Brown's open. And, whoa, Josh Reynolds looks better. And, whoa, TJ Hawkinson down the middle. So they need that one extra weapon, in my opinion. And he's the guy that has the, the chance to do that. Yeah. You know, he got a little banged up last year and had, a, I think, a foot-ankle injury. Um, but so he's the guy I'm going to tell you guys one year, $10 million contract. And I think he has the type of potential and could have the type of year where, whoa, one year, $10 million contract. We get to December and they go, man, he's been phenomenal for us. Let's sign him up long-term and make him, you know, one of the staples for our football team. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick DJ Chark. Yeah. They might not have a number one, but they might have three number twos. Yeah. You right. Like Jamison Williams a lot. They I got do. him in the draft. I just don't know when he's going to be out there in preseason. That's so that's the only reason I didn't pick for him. the preseason. Yeah, yes, right, that's true. Right. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in his last six games last year had 560 receiving yards and five touchdowns. I know he's a, he's he is to me the perfect two, you know, because he can he can beat you deep, but he can do all the slot stuff. He's a phenomenal route runner, um, and and that's where I go. Like, yeah, you couple him with one more guy that can scare a defense, and you got something working with that tight end and your Lions. And I know you wore that shirt color for them today. Yep. For you know that offensive line, I think you got some ass kickers there. So there, there's some potential for that offense to be, you know, somewhat dangerous this year. I am wearing my Honolulu blue today, and for this Lions discussion, I will pop the collar. Pop again. that collar, baby! Going back to the 1970s, the collar has been popped. I'm excited for the Lions. I have a lot of guys on their team that I look at and just go, I think they got something here. Let's see if they can turn into what. What I think. Um, so clearly defensive lineman to watch Aiden Hutchinson because you always want – I mean, you need your number one and number two picks overall to yes. be good. Yes. Like, if those guys aren't good, that sets you back. Yes, it definitely does. So that's does. a guy to watch. No but doubt. under the radar guy is an undrafted guy. Actually, I was looking this guy up. Demetrius Taylor is an undrafted guy out of Appalachian State. Right. He's making some early good impressions there. And I, I do think I defensive that. line – it could be a strength for this Detroit Lions team. Well, I, that's where that's where it's like, you know, you take the guy they took in the th- uh, second round, Joshua Pascal, who yeah. we talked about during the draft, who I love from Kentucky. Yeah. We have our Levi Ozenrique, mm-hmm. who, you know, was solid last year, but not great. And then you got your Aliam McNeil, big mm-hmm. guy who I loved two years ago as well. So I look at those guys and go, man, there's some potential there to, to have some real, you know, ass kickers uh, that, that excite me as their, as their football team. So... Yeah, the, there's some potential with the Lions. 
And I think it's the first time in a while that I yep. think I've said those words with Lions. Yeah. Not to say I don't think it's playoffs. Right. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they flirted with 500. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. And and we hate this. This is this is these are our worst years. Is when expectations are a little <laughs> higher than normal. We yeah. don't like those years. Oh, okay, <laughs> often a disappointment. But our odds are six thousand six hundred, the same as my most hated team in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. Who I actually I don't I don't hate them, but they're just a rival, our biggest rival. Uh, plus six thousand six hundred for the Bears here. Um, got some homies yeah, with some suggestions saying? here. Uh, Jaquan Brisker. Second round safety out of Penn State. Yeah, sure. That's going to be Brian Dem's guy to watch for them. Right. Okay. I like him, certainly. It's a, it's a position where, you know, I think that they got to find somebody opposite of, of uh, Eddie Jackson to be like a consistent player there. I understand that thought for sure. Did you guys say anything else you wanted to say, or was that it? No, I was going to wait for it? yours. You're going to wait for me yep. to just keep talking like yeah. I always do? We got another one, but that'll lead us to another yeah. segment. Well, here too. I, I mean,. Hey, when you look at the Bears, it's, it's, it's we've had this conversation, I feel like, a little with the uh, two teams since we're kind of starting at the bottom of the list here at the NFC. Mm-hmm. Like, lack of wow and difference makers. Is this another team where you just go, all right, on defense, who is it other than Roquan and Robert Quinn? Give me another guy that can make some shit happen on their own. Like, well, who is it? I, that's where I'm, I'm just not sure. And offense, I want to say the same thing. I'm not really worried about Justin Fields from what I saw last year. He's going to be punny good. Is there enough around him to make him look the way he should look? And then that's what I question. I, I'm going to go with their guy and because and, and of lack of weapons, and Darnell Mooney's the only guy I look at to be scary, is the Vilas Jones from Tennessee, who I liked. You know, yeah. Slot receiver, You know, he can be that guy that can be a weapon. You know, Speed sweeps, maybe a toss sweep, reverse, whatever, slant, break a tackle. He's kind of one of those slot receivers that's built like a running back that plays wide receiver. Sure. But I just look at that as like, hey, you know, we got to find who else can help out their team and Justin Fields and make a play outside the realm of the playbook. And uh, to me, he's one of the few guys that maybe has that potential. Let's see what he looks like. He's the guy I'm going to be watching, I think, in these first two preseason games for sure. Defensive lineman Travis Gibson, who's moving from outside linebacker to defensive end here, position he played in Tulsa, shined after Khalil Mack went down last year. And so yeah. we'll see if he can take a yeah, step sure. forward on that defensive line there with Robert Quinn, like you mentioned. But Justin Fields is a guy that is uh, mostly is on the minds of a lot of Chicago Bears fans. I'm sure. Chris Becker says Justin Fields, the Bears' history, everything comes down to finding that elusive franchise quarterback. Can he be it? You know who found him, though? Peter King found him on his training camp good tour. So before we talk a little bit more about Justin Fields right here, here's Peter King talking to him about that Bears new offense. Does this offense fit you? Yeah, it does. You know, I think, you know, Luke's a great mastermind. He's a great offensive coach. He's probably the best quarterback coach I've, I've had in my life. So uh, him and Janelle, they work well together. Um, you know, just, just having them both in my room, you know, each and every day. And then Coach Flues comes in there every now and then. Just having everybody in there working collectively as a group, I mean, it's going to get me better. And, um, you know, Luke's going to call what best fits our team, you know, what I do and, you know, what everyone else does. So, um, you know, we, we trust him to do that. And, you know, each and every day we're going to put in work and, you know, keep, keep getting better. Whoa, how about that? New OC Luke Getze. Yeah. Probably the best quarterback coach I've had in my life. I don't doubt that. I think that's definitely where you can see some improvement. I think their offense will be better. I do. I mean, you know, coming from Green Bay, it's a guy that, yeah, has been a little bit of Lafleur, 
You know, been with some other good people up there. Of course, been with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers knows technique of throwing football, so I'm sure he's going to be able to teach some of those things to Justin Fields. That's going to be great. You know, so you know, I'm, 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 that's good. It's just, you know, I think it's the obvious. It's just is there enough around him to really show us what he really can deliver? And they're a team that's, you know, in the – was a 3-4-ish type defensive team, and now they're going to the 4-3. So yep. there's a transition of personnel here. And, hey, they got a defensive head coach, and I feel like they were probably a little more worried about the defense this free agency and offseason than the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I could see Justin Fields, to a guy like me, maybe looking better this year, but not looking like that to the public because I don't know how good they're going to be on the offensive side of the ball. I just, hey, it, this is what sucks about football. You could be a superstar and be on a shit team and no one ever know. And this would be one where, yeah, I don't know if there's enough weaponry and stuff there to, to scare people and, and help Justin Fields, you yeah. know, show us all that he has to offer. Which is a shame because he impressed you last he year. He did. He played better than even you thought he would. Agreed. And so it would be nice to see him have a few more weapons around him. Doesn't look like he'll have that luxury in Chicago. You can catch all of Peter King's training camp videos on our new YouTube page. I don't know if you've heard about it. YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. Peter is just going all around the country. Just car, not train, right? I said train last time, no trains. No train. Just plane and car. Plane and car. Yeah, I mean, he wants to be in the car if he can. So, yep, it's uh, it's in a, quite the experience with Peter King on a, on a car ride. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Um I, hmm. Morgan's been doing that a little bit. I'm sure. Who works on our pod. So yep. we'll, we'll have to bring her on. Let's yeah. bring her on the pod to talk about the experience after it's all said and done. I think we should, right? <laughs> like give us the give us the ins and the outs of Peter King. Yeah, you're one juiciest story. How many times did he burp on the <laughs> on the car ride to Pittsburgh? <laughs> you can hear Peter King's interviews on the Peter King podcast. Subscribe wherever you download your podcast. All right, from my most hated team to your most loved team. Woo! The New York Giants plus five thousand to win the NFC, Chris Sims enthusiast tweeted in. He said Daniel Jones for him. Make or break season for him. Offensive line is better than ever. He has a fresh new coaching staff. No more excuses for the lad anymore. <laughs> I'm guessing Chris might be uh, from across the pond. He's an, he's an Irishman. So this Maybe preseason, an Englishman. This preseason, we'll see, we'll see how much Daniel Jones plays. I would, I would imagine a little bit. I would think so. You know, again, it's a new system. They're going to want him to be comfortable. This is, yeah, it's a big year for him. It's big for Brian Dayball. Yes, I would think you're going to see him in, in all three preseason games, just at least a little bit in every one, uh, just to get a continue a feel for the offense and everything there. Um, yeah, Daniel Jones, hey, listen, we all know. This is one where I did not pick Daniel Jones. I did not. We know that. It was like a little too obvious, right? And to me, there's some other things that dictate Daniel Jones – progress or how he looks that they got to be in place if we want Daniel Jones to look good anyways like what I what I've been arguing to me again Daniel Jones is not the problem with the New York Giants football team he's not and I know it's the quarterback and we all want to do that so he's not going to be the guy I pick all right I know Kayvon Thibodeau is certainly up there as far as and I I, I mean anything you talk to he sounds like he's been pretty good so far really so hopefully I was wrong about my draft eval but I'm definitely going with Evan Neal. I, I mean, the Giants' O-line has sucked. It's not, like, bad or one of the worst. As I've always said here for the last year, it's the fucking worst. It's the worst. It's not even close. So Evan Neal, I think, finally gives them some attitude and a chance. And if you listen to the Giants and some of the things they say, 
you know, when you start to hear the words freak and all the time, he's obviously opening eyes. I don't know if it's been perfect. I don't care. He's, he's a rookie. He's going to have some mistakes and some practices that don't look as good. But you can obviously take away from coaches and players that he has been a guy that they go, whoa, he, this guy's got something. And I, I would doubt he's an idiot coming from Alabama, playing in a pro system, basically. So for the G-men, yeah, it's Evan Neal. I know we want to talk about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, but if these guys don't up front, don't do anything, they have no fucking chance. I could just tell you that. So Evan Neal, come on, baby. G-man. Corey Joskowitz, one of our big fans, yeah. is in your head. He goes, most Giants fans would say Daniel Jones, but in reality, it is probably that away, Evan Corey. Neal. Priority for this year is to fix the nagging problem of the last 10 years. Can't evaluate DJ or Saquon behind the worst O-line in Say? football. Man, Say? that's basically that's, what you said. That is. Word for word. We do have some video from camp yeah. right here. It is about Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. And oh. it's an incomplete pass. Oh, my gosh. Let's... Let's trade him. Let's trade him and go get somebody else. All right, this is, again, this is part two of why I hate social media. So describe the video for those who can't see it. So here's Daniel Jones dropping back in the shotgun. He's looking to his left, and now he's going to throw what I I would have called an acute route back in the day. It's a 12-yard, like 12 to 14-yard comeback on the right side to Kenny Galladay, and the ball is four feet wide of Kenny Galladay. To catch the ball. And, of course, let's let's just blame Daniel Jones because that's easy. And all the idiots on Twitter will j- chime in and go, yeah, he sucks. That's our quarterback. No, it is your quarterback. And you don't know what you're talking about. So calm down, okay? This is what happens in football here. And then, you know, we, you and I, and I'm, I'm ramped up now. I but know. you know, like, timing and rhythm, right? We talk about that all the time, timing and rhythm. So here's a route where he looks to his left. He's been taught within that coverage that that route should be open. In that coverage, it should be open. It should be there. So he's looking to his left, and as he's coming back to the right, he's gathering stuff to throw because he's been taught, hey, if you don't like what you see over here, come over here, and this should be open against this coverage. All right? Let's go back to the videotape here if we can one more time. Now, let's watch Kenny Galladay at the top of the route. You tell me what you see there. Slippage. Slippage. Okay, so now he slips. He doesn't come out of the break. If he didn't slip and came out of the break better, he might get a hand or dive and be able to catch this. But there's that aspect. Plus, I believe that's 27. I want to say that's the Central Florida kid from last year, but I can't remember off the top of my head. He's flat-footed and makes a pretty good break on the ball. So as a quarterback, Daniel Jones looking to his left, now coming back to his right, kind of starting the throwing motion. And as he's throwing it, he starts to evaluate, whoa, Galladay didn't get out of his break, and this guy's flat-footed. Let me throw the ball in a safe spot, right, that maybe he can get it. If not, it's incomplete because we're down here at the 20-yard line, and everyone gets on me for turnovers and fumbles, so I'm getting the ball out of my hand to make sure we're in a pretty good situation here. All right, and he's got Leonard Williams bearing down on him just as he's throwing it. All right, he threw that ball there deliberately. That was a that wasn't oh I meant to throw it five feet to the left and let it go. He evaluated the situation correctly. If he threw that ball on the number, that was a pick six, ninety yard touchdown. Hmm. So back off, come on everybody. Like let's not just be so I don't know easy to jump on. Just easy, stupid narratives. I just uh, it annoyed me when I saw that, and there was nothing wrong with that throw or that decision there. 
I think it means he'll have a terrible year. It's going to be a <laughs> yeah, bad screw year. you. All right. <laughs> and I take everything I said back about Detroit. They're going to stink, and I have no hope for them if you're going to talk about my team like this that. This is what we get in but, the preseason. That's not even a game. That's just practice, I know. too, and it's All right. crazy. So it, hungry for football. I would say, like, Galladay's got to run a better route. Yep. Galladay never even scared him to make him backpedal oh, and get God. off. That's a guy to watch this. You know, it's I, like, you're is right. he ever going to live up to He's that He's got to show up. No doubt about it. He's on my list here. He's definitely yeah. one of those guys. And, you know, people got to remember, too. These guys are seeing each other every day, sometimes twice a day. So that DB, he's probably got a good feel of Dalladay's movements and motions, and he's probably seen that play already a handful of times during training camp. So, you know, again, that's, that's part of what, what you go through right here. But let's not evaluate you know, Daniel Jones off of one throw that went viral for some reason on Twitter. Like Daniel Jones, another fourth-year guy, I believe, that has to kind of prove it this year on the defensive line. My guy to watch here is Dexter Lawrence. They did pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah. But it's a big year for him. They got a lot of rookies in the mix there that could take some of his playing time. No no, so. no, 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 no question. And Dexter is uh, – he's one of those guys where, you know, you, he's got the potential to be an ass kicker and yeah. take over. Will it happen? I know. Will it happen? He kind of – yeah, didn't maybe dominate quite the way I would have liked to have seen him dominate. I do think this defense will fit him with Wink Martindale and that Baltimore Ravens style there. Uh, but, yeah, we we got to see him show up. He's definitely – we know Leonard Williams is good. Who's the other guy that, you know, can be an, an ass kicker, to your point, and, and really, you know, apply some pressure on, on an offense? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So plus 5,000, that's the Giants. Also at plus 5,000. The Panthers now wow. with Baker Mayfield to Hunt, make the playoffs plus five thousand to win the oh, NFC the to oh. win the NFC. Oh yeah, that's okay. plus five thousand. Okay, so yeah, uh, Hunter White says Baker Mayfield got to hope he wins the job, so he will be watching the quarterback. I know you don't want to make it obvious, but I mean it's hard to argue with Baker Mayfield as a guy to watch this preseason. Not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna lie there. That's that's. He, I agree. That's yours. I mean, I'm gonna go with it. I am. I'm, this is one where it's just it's it's a little too obvious. They got a lot of things. You know this that I like on their team, and I know there's some offensive line evaluations we got to see and Iki Aquanu, you know, left tackle, and I'm excited to see all that. Offensive lineman was the weakness of their football team last year, but yeah, I want to see Baker Mayfield. There's no doubt about it. They traded for him for a reason. Sam Darnold is not an untalented slouch. Right? He's got some talent, but I think we all expected Baker Mayfield to, at some point, outshine Sam Darnold. It's hard. He's behind in the playbook. He's behind by a few months. You know, I think he's probably getting to the point in training camp where he's maybe getting close to catching up a little bit here, but he's definitely behind the eight ball in that standpoint. And there's where a lot of people are like, I think, you know, oh, I can't believe he hasn't won the job yet. First off, like... This is not Aaron Rodgers where he just comes to the team and you go, here you go. He's done good things. He's done better than Sam Darnold. But it's not to the point where you just go, well, we don't even make him compete. He's the man. And don't forget, Sam Darnold's making more money than Baker Mayfield too. 
There's no politics that are involved in this. There's no, we traded three first-rounders to get this guy he's got to play, or we drafted right. him number one or we got to play. Traded for both guys. Or, yeah, <laughs> or we gave him $40 million and he has to play, yeah. right? So they can play it out and go, whoever's no, no, the best. you got to earn it. Yeah. you got to earn it. And I'm still going to go with him. And yeah, I do. I want to see how he does in the the new place, new system, being high, you know, being behind in that you know department as far as the playbooks concerned, and how he looks compared to Sam Darnold. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and take the easy one on that one. Yeah, I wonder. So they should play quite a bit. I would think so, right? I, I that's a team to me that's like, you know, they gotta play. They they got too many young guys. They got to learn to like be a little better in situational football, and especially the offensive side of the ball. I'm not really worried about their defense. It's kind of stacked. Yeah, their offense though was definitely the Achilles heel of their football team, and needs to play better this year. So I would think you're right. That new system, Ben McAdoo, all of that. That's uh, be be interesting to see. You see, uh, say their defense is stacked. Of course, it was just a couple of years ago they drafted all defensive players. The one unit, though, is defensive line, where they are looking maybe to add someone. And so that's my player to watch is the new guy, whoever they add, which I guess I wouldn't think there's that many players out there still to add. But everywhere you read on the Panthers and some of their websites, it seems like they're still interested in beefing up that defensive line. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've seen that, and I'm like, Who's you know, out there? Well, I, I I know. I guess they want another big guy is what I'm guessing they're saying. They got a lot of athleticism yeah. and guys who can do that. I'm guessing they want another space eater. Derek Brown, isn't he their big guy? He is their, he's kind of their everything guy. Yeah. And Derek Brown is he's he's a guy, who'd you say, Pete? Yeah. Dominican Sue's yeah, out Sue there. Sue might be a guy that they might look at a little bit for sure. Uh, Derek Brown, I think, is worthy of like maybe being on your D player to watch, watch. Yeah. just from the point of really good. Can he go into superstar this year? Can he be go into? Hey, I'm Chris Jones, and you know uh, DeForest Buckner territory, right? And that's I think worth watching because yeah. I, I think he's a phenomenal talent that way. But man, you know, yeah, I you know Davion Nixon, who they got last year from Iowa. They got Iodonis from, you know, the Commanders, uh, Ionitis, excuse me. Uh, but so I would guess that's what they're looking for as far as that type of guy. Um, but I was surprised. I, I read that too, uh, Amen. Yeah, we'll see if they yeah. can, we'll see if like they can their, do it, though. Yeah, I, I mean, like last roster. year, we said it last year, they had a playoff defense. Yeah. Their defense was playoff worthy. Got run down at the end of the year, but how could it not? They were on the field, and they had to All do the time. everything. Offense sucked last year. That. You know, And that's where I even want to give Sam Darnold a little bit of a free pass, too. I just want to go, hey, I, I know it wasn't good. Sam Darnold still has talent. That offense was not good. We talked about it a lot last year. I mean, from about week five, week six going on, I felt like I could sit there and watch them and start calling out plays. It was it was too obvious, too many repetitive calls, you know, no creativity. And then when you add on the fact that, whoa, we can't block and Christian McCaffrey's hurt, you know, they, Sam Darnold, he didn't have a whole lot of chances to be real successful either. So they're a team that's got some talent. Hopefully they can fix that offensive side of the ball. Another team that has some talent, mostly on the defensive side, the Washington Commanders, plus 3,000 to win the NFC. Tizzy Bang says he's got his eye on Cole Turner, fifth-round rookie tight end out of Nevada, wants to see where okay. he lines up and his release. Mm, I like that. Interesting that, name. That, that is a good one. I, I definitely didn't go there, okay? Uh, I, I did like watching him. And in, in, um, in the draft process, certainly. And then they, you know, they still got Logan Thomas, right, who's hurt and coming back from injury. Yeah. So that'd be interesting, the tight end position overall. I am staying on the offensive side of the ball, right? 
I love my. I want to see my Percy Butler from Louisiana and what he can do at the safety position because that is a real issue for their football team. I think they. But but I think the guy I'm going to go with. It's it's Curtis Samuel. I want to. It's either him or Deami Brown. Hmm. Somebody's got to show up there for that football team, and they need that. Hey, we know we got McLaurin. Great. You know we got a we got a a a pretty good running back in 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 Gibson and then J D McKissick. You know to come down and be the third down back. But who else can help out? You know McCorn. We know I know Jahan Dotson's going to be there. I'm not really worried about him. So that's good. But you know Curtis Samuel they gave a little money to, and I think they were looking at him to be the guy that kind of like whoa he's our weapon gadget explosive plays reverses can catch a slant and go sixty yards and man it'll be dangerous if you double Terry McCorn and you leave him one on one and all that type of stuff. So one of those guys will show up. Uh, Got to show up. Diami or him? I'll go with Curtis Samuel just because he's been paid a lot of money and he's yet to really be healthy or contribute the way I think they expected him to. Uh, he's the guy to watch. Can he show some of that explosive nature that we saw him have in Carolina? You know, uh, you know, a few years ago. MLP. Oh, ML Port N says Sam Howell. So I and a quarterback there. My defensive lineman to watch here. Uh, another rookie. Second-round guy out of Alabama, Fidarian Mathis. Oh, look at you. Uh, you know, Chase Young is starting on the pup, so he's not going to start the year completely healthy. It doesn't look like right, right now coming back from that ACL. Uh, but Mathis, according to some reports, has looked faster, more agile than expected. Could be a run-stopper plus effective in the pass rush, a, a combo guy. Well, we know they love Alabama defensive linemen there. I would think that he is the – in the future replacement for Deron Payne, who's coming mm. up on his last year of his contract, right? So this is almost like, hey, I don't know. We can't pay Jonathan Allen $100 million and Deron Payne big money. So they got this guy coming up the ranks, and I did like him. I did. I mean, he's, he's a hell of a football player. He's going to play a lot, and I think he is one guy to watch. You know, does he give them confidence to move on from Deron Payne and so on. I mean, yep. between him and, you know, Brian Robinson at Alabama, I'm interested to see him. But, yeah, that's a good one for you to watch for sure. Yeah, Young, Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, all former first-rounders. Sweat's a player. You know, we know we need uh, our, our, our guy from Ohio State to get healthy and get Chase, going. Chase yeah. Young, right? He was, he, was, he was disappointing last year. He did not have a great year. Their defense was disappointing. In fact, I would say their defense was one of the more disappointing units in all of football last year especially when they came off the playoff run the year before where they were dominant in some games. Last year, we only saw there's two, three games where I went, oh, okay, this is the Washington team I remember on this side of the ball. It it was few and far between for for them this year, last year. That is Washington, plus 3,000. I'm interested to see Sam Howell, too. Sorry, I I am. So you agree with ML Port? Well, I'm interested to see it. There's some things with him mechanically and things like that that I I can't buy onto to know if he has a real starting quarterback chance to be that guy one day. Um so, so we'll see. But I, I, I do want to see how he looks. The New Orleans Saints are plus 2,000. Room court, says Saints fans know it is Paulson Adebo, right? Adebo? Adebo. Yeah, Paulson right? Adebo. Right. Third-round cornerback quarterback out I of like him. Stanford. Yeah, yeah, he was your number five yeah. in your draft class rankings. Didn't play his last year because of COVID, but extremely talented. And he made some good plays last year. He let up some plays, too. He's a young player. 
he messed up. And, you know, the Saints, they asked a lot of their corners. They don't always like – it's no free pass there in, in New Orleans, the corners. They put some pressure on those guys. So that, that is a good one. I like where you're at there at room court. I mean, yeah, you'd like, you know, him to take that next little step. You get him and Marshawn Lattimore, you start to go, oh, shit, they got something going there in that secondary. It ain't going to be easy to get open with that defensive line and everything they got. Um, hey, Jameis Winston, we know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking at Olave, though. Here's the one where I'm going with the first rounder. I am. Hey, Michael Thomas, hey, I know what he is. He's going to catch a lot of balls. He's going to be consistent. Not going to be a ton of explosive plays. You know, Jarvis Landry, same thing. Great route runner, a lot of intermediate catches, all that. They need a guy that can scare the shit out of you like we talk about. And I think Olave can be that guy. I do. So I'm interested to see how that goes. And and to me, that'll go a long way with a team that's got a good old line. You know, they should be able to run the ball a little bit. But now you have a legit deep threat in Olave. And a guy that can do it all, don't get me wrong, but I think out of all the guys they have there, he's the guy that can really scare people down the middle, outside the mm-hmm. numbers, win those type of one-on-one matchups with you know three rockets up his ass. He, he's the one I look at. Can, can he be what I think he can be? And if he can, you know, I, I, I think they can be one of those surprise teams in the NFC. I feel like at times he was confusing to you in your evaluation process. You didn't quite know what to make of him uh, at, Ohio, at Ohio State. He got put in a little different spot from – the year previous to that it's like they gave Garrett Wilson some of the things he did two years ago to Garrett Wilson this year and then they asked Olave to do some of the route running intermediate shorter routes this past year but I I liked him the most I liked him more than Garrett Wilson yes I did and um yeah we'll see the Ohio State guys I know I was a little different than than the rest of the the world um, but, but yeah, I got my eye on him because if he does turn out to be what they think he is and they traded up there to get him at pick 11, then damn, watch out for the Saints. Yeah. You know, the Saints, the Saints D, their team's real. It's you, just going to be about Jameis and that passing game. Sorry. Trade up for, if you trade up for a guy, you're going to use him. Uh, it's just a matter of how they're going to use him. We might have some indications if in the preseason. If you don't use it, you lose it. You, if you don't use it, you lose it. Is that it. true? Yeah. No, it is. is. My grandmother told me that. You don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, you haven't seen 40-year-old virgin either. That's another thing to say. But that's why people do crossword puzzles. Because if you don't use that, you're not going to be able to do crossword puzzles when you're 80. (laughs) It's a huge problem. Right. Uh, Cam Jordan, a huge stud on their defensive line. you got Marcus Davenport there. But David Uniamata. I love it. He's my guy to watch. You know, suspended for six games last year. Don't like to see stuff like that. Um, But when he came back, he still had more pressures than the rest of the defensive line combined which is surprising yeah i was reading that out there and so he's got to watch maybe you know can he you know be a compliment to cam jordan on the outside marcus davenport on the outside like he was at the end of last year yeah yeah i mean hey you know he's definitely he's he's their ass kicker on the inside he is and he's a fun watch uh so i i I hear you with that and and davenport's another one where you just go hey i mean they traded up in the first round against this guy is he ever gonna like you know, show us something to where we go, oh, that's worthy of that, and he's a real force off the that's edge. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Every time I feel like he's getting in a groove, something happens to him, and then he, you know, is out of the groove. So uh, we'll see, but that's still, that defensive line's real over there in New Orleans. Mike Florio's team, the Minnesota Vikings, are also plus 2,000 like the Saints to win the NFC. Ringo number four, his eyes are all on. A guy you were high on last year, Kellen Mond, he said he's far more talented than Mannion. 
but a relative unknown. Cousins has been durable, but that's never guaranteed with a new coach. I imagine they want to get a guy they can trust as QB2. I'd love for Mon to prove he can be that. And we have video to support him. This is some throw, A man. deep pass to Wilson. Yeah. And that was uh, Albert Wilson. Yeah, Albert Wilson, who's a nice little addition to their football team as far as, like, maybe a guy that can really help us that third, fourth receiver. What is that throw? It's, like, off the other leg? It's, it's yes, running opposite way, jumping, and throwing the ball. It looks like 45, 50 yards in the air. Wilson, I mean, I know that they were taken back by Mon's talent when they first got there, this new staff. They were all a little bit really? like, whoa, like, you know, we liked the way he threw it. We didn't realize his arm was quite like this. Did they not listen to the podcast? Well, I know, I mean, apparently we not. And if they want to learn something, they better, okay? <laughs> but uh, I, I think, you know, his physical tools have opened some eyes there. Yeah, I don't expect him to get a whole lot of, you know, chances regular season-wise. But I am interested to see, you know, what he brings to the table uh, in that department. But I think ultimately, you know, this is one where you just got to go, I go to like, Hey, they sucked in this one area last year, and they got to get better. And they sucked on defense mm-hmm. in all areas, really, but passing game specifically. I mean, when they played some good quarterbacks with some good offenses, they got torn up. And I, I'm going to go with the second rounder in Andrew Booth from Clemson, Andrew yeah. Booth Jr., who tremendous explosion, tremendous tackler, tremendous straight-ahead speed, and, you know – Maybe a little reckless with footwork and things, a little raw that way, slips too much, all of that. But, man, the pure physical ability is real to where you know, corner is an issue for their team. Uh, and they need someone that can, like, you know, show up and, and shut down some receivers at time. When you talk about a defensive line, too, that's not necessarily like, oh, we can just rush forward and get after them all game long. Yeah. You know, they're not, not that type of team. They're going to have to take some chances that way. And can he be kind of a – man-to-man island-type corner and make some plays for them. You know, Patrick Peterson, it's it's coming to an end. You know, and you look at the rest of the secondary, I know the safety's okay. I love Lewis seeing who they drafted in the end of the first round. I know he's to look at with Harrison Smith, but I look at the true cover guys to be the real issue, and that's where Andrew Booth Jr. comes into play for me. Yeah, Brandon Reed, 61, does say Lewis seen. You just mentioned him. I just want to see how he'll work with the Vikings' new-look defense and how he'll mesh with Harrison Smith. And there's another video of him with a pass breakup Ooh, if you're watching on one. Peacock or on our new YouTube page. Against Kellen Mond, so we show good from Mond, bad from Mond. This is over the middle. All right. Yeah. Tried to loft it up. Not the greatest there. But, hey, Scene, <laughs> Scene I, I can't wait to see what Scene does. Scene's one of those guys that you're just going to get – he's going to be must-watch TV because he is just – he's really good in coverage. But, man, the way he hits and brings it on, man, it's, it's easy. I think he's going to be one of those guys where it's going to be, even though he's a rival in your division, you're going to yeah. be like, man, it's hard not to like that guy and respect the way he plays. Yeah. In the middle of the season, we're going to have to say, you know, he's great. He's just got to learn to rein it in, you know, when to deliver those hits <laughs> yeah. and when not to. You yeah, you're know, probably that's... right. He might be. No, he might be one of those he guys. Might he might. He's a little bit of a headhunter for sure. If they're going to get some more pressure on the quarterback, maybe it'll come up front from Delvin Tomlinson, my defensive lineman to watch. Oh, got a I... new role in a new defense defense this year uh ed donatel says he's gonna be used multiple ways they're gonna yeah. move him around a little bit yeah i mean it, the giants got rid of him a few years ago he's still a damn good player he is i mean he's he's 
you know, one of the better space eaters in all of football. He can two-gap, and even for a big guy like he is, he's got enough athleticism to be, like, disruptive and, and you know, crease a, a gap there and, and cause some issues. So, yeah, they're, they're a team that's, um, you know, not a lot of standout players on the defensive side of the ball. You got Harrison Smith. Yep. You got Kendricks. We know that. They do got Cesarius Smith now, which is which is nice. And we'll see where, you know, Daniil Hunter is uh, as far as that's concerned and, and what kind of player or what he's like after, you know, the neck concerns and all of that. Um, but, yeah, they, they got their ass tore up in the run game last year, too. It's one of the worst defenses in football. So I'm not, you know, Dalvin and Booth, they got to show up. Right, right. Jordan so, Hicks being there. That's why the guys to watch like for that. you on the defensive side there. Defensive secondary was seen and, and Andrew Booth, your guy. The Cardinals plus 1,600 to win the NFC. Swish B says Rondale Moore mm. is his guy to watch. Played well in spurts last season. Like to see him get off to a good start this season. Yeah, certainly a key piece to perhaps a, an improved offense this year with Kyler Murray back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I look at their – like, I, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not saying our buddy's wrong here. I'm, I want to see Rondale Moore too. But I'm not so concerned about their weapons in their pass game to where I go, oh, my gosh, if this guy doesn't turn out, they're going to be fucked. They're not going to be good enough. So I, I think he does to our Swish B, uh, to, to his point, he's got a chance to be like, you know, semi-superstar-ish with his physical ability hmm. and if he stays healthy and everything that way. So that I'm not saying he's wrong there, but there's one guy that just jumps out to me, maybe more than the rest. And they have some like, you know, maybe another corner that you want to go. Okay. You know what, what, what can they do there? I'm messing a Marco Wilson who did a pretty good job. I thought it was a rookie. Let's see if he takes the next step, but the freak in the middle, I think the pressure's on him. Isaiah Simmons, Ooh. that's to me the guy that did not play up to expectations last year, started getting taken off the field. They got rid of uh, Hicks, who now is a Minnesota linebacker, and I think this is a year, let's, let's watch. He's got to prove him. He's in a little bit of a prove-it year here. Yeah, you're athletic. We know you can run sideline to sideline and all that. Can you take on blocks? Can you fill gaps? Can you take on a block and get off it and make a tackle? That's what we got to see from Isaiah Simmons. So he's kind of the guy that I think I'll be watching here in preseason to see if it's like, is it just pretty and all athleticism? Yeah. Or is it, you know, are you ready to play middle linebacker and get a little nitty gritty here and be what they needed to be in the middle of that defense? Because you got some good pieces around them. He on does. Defense. You got JJ Watt if he can stay healthy. Sure. A question, but if yep. he can stay healthy, you got the edge there. You got the other side of the edge with Zach Allen. My guys to watch are in the middle, kind of. Can they shut down the run game? You got Leaky Fotu, uh, Lecky Fotu yep. there, along with Rashard Lawrence. Rashard Lawrence, big boy from Clemson who's back gonna, in the day. Who's going to be the run stopper? You got the pass rushers. Who's going to be that big dude in the middle there to be? the run stopper for the Cardinals. Now, the, let's go to the Eagles because I think similar situation here. Yeah. Um, their defensive line is in the crosshairs for me, and I'll just start with my defensive lineman to watch yeah. for the Eagles, who are plus 1,200 to win the NFC. Jordan Davis, the, the rookie right there. And I think we have some video of that. Do we have some video of Jordan Davis Big in boy. practice putting an offensive lineman on skates? And that's another. I think that's another rookie there. Cam Jurgens is that? Is it Cam from Nebraska? That's a center who I'm I, excited for. I think too? so. Yeah. Are you less excited now after seeing that video, or more excited about Jordan Davis? I'm more excited about Jordan Davis, and I don't give a damn who you are. He's going to do this to a lot of people. 
I mean, unless you're fucking Superman, Jordan Davis is going to move a lot of people like this. Hey, I mean, anybody that's listening to the podcast, I know you were listening from time to time and doing it with me. Yeah. I mean, he's he was top 10 pick for me. He's And I know he was just outside the top 10, but he's a freak of nature. Yeah. And, you know, other than the obvious Jalen Rieger, I think he's the guy to watch. He's the guy I'm going to so go with. I'm going to join the party with you. Did, did you give a Cardinals one at the end there? Did you? What, did you Isaiah Simmons, remember? That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. We just had hey, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I didn't know if you officially no, no. made it. Isaiah my head's Simmons. spinning That's over right. here because I want to make sure I pull everything up on my <laughs> I computer. I got things written down, and we I'm like, both oh, oh, huh, huh. I saw a look on your face, and then I saw I looked down at the rundown. I was like, there was nothing in for the Cardinals. I was like, you did make a pick. Look, that was such a Chris Sims move for you to go back a few minutes there. I know. I was just trying to make sure. I was just trying to make sure that we. We're both in not the right headspace there, but we're back. We're right back. Now, we're, we're ready here. to go. Okay, back. We're simpatico. Yes. Um, hey, Jalen Rieger. We uh, yeah. I want to. I want to see him, but I didn't pick him because they have Quez Watkins, and I, I go okay. Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, yeah. and Quez Watkins to me is good enough with Dallas Goddard. So the pressure isn't on. Even though Jalen Rieger is that first round pick that we all look at, it, it, to me it's not the guy to watch. Okay, I, I understand we want to watch him, but he's not the guy. Jalen Hurts, yes, obviously. It's just like I, I kind of said in the pregame on, on Thursday night at the Hall of Fame. Team's really good. I know he's going to make some plays. But can he be? Can he beat you with his right arm when they can't dominate in the run game? And that's what I worry about. And, you know, again, you saw that in the, our last vision of Jalen Hurst was that playoff game against the Bucks. They stopped the run game, and they said, look, can you beat us? And there was people open and plays to be had, and he could not take advantage of it. So that is a big question. But Jordan Davis is the guy I'm going with. Yes. Yeah. You know, I just think he's got – he's replacing Fletcher Cox, you know, at some point here. And I just think he has superstar potential. And for a team that maybe doesn't have that great, great pass rusher on the edge, they got some good, a lot of good. And uh, you add a guy like this in the middle who I think can be great with Javon Hargrave, and then you start to go, whoa, you can't run on them. And they're pushing the pocket up the middle – and it has a chance, I think, to make that defense like truly, truly dominant. And I don't think they're a defense that wants to blitz a lot. You know, last year I got a little frustrated with them because I thought they were a little too vanilla and didn't send enough pressure to where, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's cool, but then you better get some guys up front who can win their one-on-one matchups a little more consistently, and I think Jordan Davis is going to help that. A chance to be the hardest team to run against and a chance to be the number one rushing team in the NFL. I mean, yeah. they were one of the better ones last year. Definitely. Who knows? Yes. I mean, yeah, what, what's, what's you know, just why we're at it. I just want to, like, I'm just looking up the Eagles and their um, their defensive stats last year. 220 in the pass game, 107.9 in the run game. Yeah, I would think those numbers improve. I would be shocked if the Eagles aren't in the you know top six, seven defenses in football almost. I think they have that type of talent. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Highest odds, though, to win the NFC in the NFC East are the Cowboys. They're next at plus 900. Uh, Abbott football player he's watching is Jalen Tolbert. Cowboys Mm. are going to have to rely on him. All season long. Refresh my memory. Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, South Alabama. Um, yeah, okay. Right. And he was um, one of those guys that was, I considered him top 
five, six receiver, but you know, it, it probably ultimately was eight or nine for me when it all came down to it. A long, you know, longer guy who has some real like speed. I mean, you got to see on film him catch some short routes and turn up field and run away from some people and. You know, looks like he has the potential to be a pretty good route runner. You know, again, in South Alabama, he wasn't playing the best players in the world there. They're an interesting team here from this standpoint. There's a lot of guys that I think could, like, qualify for, ooh, player to watch on their football team, right? And, like, so the receiver thing is real. So Jalen Tolbert's definitely one of the names I've written down. I don't think he's the guy I'm going to go with here, though. Um you know, I also look at their 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 first round pick in um, Tyler Smith from Tulsa, and I go, "Ooh, I'm interested to see him because he was one of my favorite linemen." But if you remember, he was really raw, like he was a killer, and he's a great athlete. But I mean, sometimes in pass protection, he was literally doing like the karaoke drill, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, if he does that, it's never gonna work." Like, yep. so he he is important, but I'm not gonna pick him either, just because. You know, their offensive line, I'd like it to be better, but it wasn't a problem. You know, I think they are overrated a little bit, and people think they're more dominant than they are. Um, I want to go with an edge guy on defense. Ooh. That's what I want to do. And this is where I'm a little torn between Dante Fowler and Sam Williams, who they drafted out of uh, Ole Miss. Sam Williams is like one of these – I'm going to go with him. Okay. All right. I, you know, you, you heard me what I said about Dante Fowler, but hey, this is a Seattle scheme, Dan Quinn. They want a guy that can get off the edge and get after the, the pass rusher. You know, I brought up Fowler because he's shown some ability to do that and then did not play well at all last year. So that's why I brought him up. Sam Williams is one of those guys that maybe had the best get off, maybe in the whole draft. Um, and, I mean, his first step was like through the roof explosive. The problem was if he got hit on the side or anything like that, he fell to the ground. Yeah. You know, he's a little bit of a linear guy. Luckily, that won't happen in the NFL. Nah, he yeah, be, never heard of that. Hit to the side. But I do think he's going to be in a less complicated world where they're just going to go get wide and just run straight. We don't need you to do some of those things you did in college football. Sure. And I'm going to have my eye on him because he has potential to be, just with this, the physical attributes and everything, to be like, he can maybe be special. That's interesting. And I want to see what he looks like. And I, they need somebody else on that front four other than Dexter and Lawrence that, you know, again, my always my phrase is to make some plays outside the realm of the playbook. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's one that I think maybe has that capability to do that. My defensive lineman to watch is Neville Gallimore. A yeah. former third-round sure. pick, because the goal has to be to improve that run-stopping for, for the Dallas Cowboys. He had an elbow injury much of last year. He's already said in training camp this year, he's, quote, ready to set the world on fire. So if you're going to do that in the preseason, I want to see that. I yeah. want to see a man setting the world on fire. <laughs> I hope preseason. he does. He, I, you know, he was a guy we talked about a lot in the draft the year before. He was one of my favorite guys, too. And I, I think that's a good pick by you. He is a little undersized. He's a disruptor and that kind of guy. And he's perfect for this defensive scheme. I, I hope this is the year he takes off. So, yeah, we'll see. And, you know, you, you can maybe add uh, Sam Williams onto your list, too, because he classifies yeah. it. Sam Williams was 6'4", 261, and ran 4'4", four, four, wow. just so people, just to remind people what he is as a, as a specimen. I'm going to be watching both guys. Yeah. I'm going to be. I'm going to make an exception here. Oh, you'll make an I'm exception? I'm going to watch both guys. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we're getting to the teams with the best odds in the NFC here. 49ers, plus 750 to win the conference. Brian Kahn, 23, and your boy Elroy. And about 20 others, 
have all said Trey Lance. I know. This is one of those that's like, duh. <laughs> duh. I know. I, I, I mean, Trey Lance is my answer, yeah. 100%. Yes. I mean, can he be consistent throwing the ball? Can he throw the ball at the appropriate pace? You know, can he throw more spirals to make it catchable? Can he take himself out of harm's way? Played twice, got hurt twice. You know, all those things. Yeah, he's worth. He's the guy to watch. You know, let's just see how he looks in the preseason, and hopefully, it looks good. I do. I will throw out what I see at Victoria's eleven there. Yep, they're another team, a little bit like with Dallas. We're talking about like who's going to be that other. I'm not worried about Eric Armstead, and I would think Javon Kinlaw is going to be damn good. We'll see. And then we know Nick Bosa. Yep. But who's going to be that other guy off the edge? You know, there's no more D Ford. Yep. And Drake Jackson, he was, you know, an honorable mention in my defense end rankings. He's a specimen, and I think another guy that where you just go, ooh, if you let him just go off the edge, the way his body is, his explosion, power, all that, he could be that guy uh, that, you know, can maybe take that defense to a whole nother level. Yeah. One other guy I'll just throw out for food for thought is had their second-round pick from two years ago, Aaron Banks. He had no contribution to the football team out of Notre Dame last year. You know, guard was definitely one of the weaker parts in their own line. I mean, what, what's I want to see what he looks like in the preseason. I haven't heard anything about him or what's going on there. But the obvious one and the one I'm going with is Trey Lance, 100%. Yeah. On the defensive side, you're right. There are some questions there just because they've lost some depth on the defensive line, yeah, too. I think right. they've had some injuries. Maurice Hurst already. I was yes, reading about that. That's right. um, my guy to watch would be Javon Kinlaw because Good. I think you were high on him coming out, yep. had injuries. I don't know how much we'll see him in this preseason coming back from, what is it, ACL with him as well? Yeah, ACL surgery. Yeah, but they, to your point, they drafted him at what? Was that pick 13 or 12 yeah, that year? The fact that he dropped to them, too. You, I mean, we I thought, was shocked. I was like was they shot. lost DeForest Buckner, but then they got Javon wow. Kinlaw. I can remember talking to Kyle that year during the draft because that was the COVID year, and like we were both, you know, we both liked the player, and it was Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, right? That everybody was talking about defensive tackle, yeah. And I can just remember him going, "Man, I don't, you know, do you, do you think there's any way he could fall to us there?" You go, "No way!" I really did. I yeah, was like, I'm sure. No, I was like, "You got no chance. You're gonna have to do something." <laughs> you thought he was a legit top five pick? Perhaps. I, yeah, I thought he was you could. top you eight somewhere feel in that range. About yeah, that, yeah, I mean, if, if Carolina took him over Derek Brown, I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, that's so stupid." Yep. Uh, so we'll see if he can live up to that expectation. So the 49ers are plus 750. The Rams in their division are plus 500 to get back to the Super Bowl. Mark Floyd says 2-2 two, two Atwell for him. I would love for him to emerge as the speed guy, assuming OBJ is not back long term. I'm joining the party there. You're gonna. That's you're gonna, the guy I got written down. You're agreeing with Mark Floyd. I am. I'm going with Tutu Atwell. Yeah, I mean, they they need somebody else. I mean, it's Cooper Cup. We know it's Allen Robinson. Fine, that's cool. I don't think they have the type of offensive line that you're just gonna be able to depend on, like the 49ers week in and week out, where we're gonna just dominate in the run game. They gotta yeah. play through the pass more. I know McVeigh is always gonna stay patient with the run. That's what I love about him. But yeah, who is you know Ben Squarnick? I like him, whatever. I don't think – I wouldn't want him as my three quite yet, as my third receiver. To me, Tutu Atwell has the chance to be that guy, speed sweep, reverse. You know, oh, we threw a screen to him and he ran up the sidelines for, you know, a 50-yard gain. He's explosive that way. You know, they get him going with those other two guys and then even get an OBJ back at some point, yeah, I go, oh, watch out. I mean, that's, that's going to be four tough, hard matchups to, to deal with across the, uh, uh, across the board there. So, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm picking 2-2 Atwell as well. 
And I think another guy I just want to point out that's yep. worth watching because, yeah, you lost Von Miller, right? And I know they got Leonard Floyd, and we know they got Aaron Donald, and there's things to like there. But I just want to bring up Terrell Lewis, who from Alabama a few years ago, who I think they had high expectations to be a big-time pass rusher. And, and when he was healthy at Alabama, I, I thought he was one of the, the better pass rushers in that draft. But he's kind of been all over the place, and I do. I do. I'm going to have my eye on him in the preseason too. To go, wait, can he be a guy that can come off the edge and and you know get get after the quarterback a little bit? I'm going to have my eye on yeah. Aaron Donald. He's oh, fun I've never to heard watch, of him. right? How, is he is he still good? Uh, no, on the other side of the line, Ashawn Robinson. Yeah, had his career year last year. Uh, came from Detroit, and he yep. said in Detroit, they never used me. Never used me right. Goes to L.A., has a career year, and I wonder if he can build on that I, 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 I hope so. He's got a lot of talent. I think that's a good pick by you. He was quietly one of the under-the-radar stars of that team last year that made them as good as they were on that side of the ball. And he is the epitome of what we're talking about here. Like, really damn good, not going to show up in the stat sheet, but can take on double teams and do that type of stuff to where Aaron Donald can be free and go crazy and beat Aaron Donald, and, and he has some real value there. Rams at plus 500, the Packers just ahead of them. Maybe wow. surprisingly at plus 475, Dr. Butter has tweeted in, and he said Christian Watson for him. Any chance he could become a regular starter. So his eyes are on a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, a guy that you were very high on. He was yeah. your number two wide receiver right. just behind Jamison Williams. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing maybe he's your guy too. I, I, he's I, like – He's a little bit where I'm going to go, like, yes, no doubt. He's not healthy yet. I don't know when we're going to see him in the preseason. Okay. So that's the, like, the only reason I didn't pick him. But, I mean, you said it right. To me, him and Jamison Williams are the two most explosive receivers in the draft. And hopefully he can get out there soon. I know Aaron Rodgers has been saying a lot of good things about him to the press, that he's, you know, he's mentally engaged. It's, I saw something Rodgers says. He's like he's always in his hip pocket asking him questions. So that's positive to hear. But he hasn't had a chance to go out there and do that yet. And I don't know if we'll see him preseason. But our man Dr. Butter, is, is that's right. I mean, he's yeah. got to show up. I, I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt, their second first-round pick out of Georgia. I know Quay Walker. I loved him, middle linebacker, and I took a lot of crap because people were like, well, how can you put him over N'Kobe Dean? Well, everybody in the NFL did. and But Devontae, Devontae uh, Wyatt, yeah, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, had, for me was a top 10 pick as well, just like we were talking about Jordan Davis. I mean, there were some off-the-field issues that I was not aware of during the process, and that's why he fell, but... If they get him to be what I think he can be, like, watch out for that D-line. Watch out for their defense in general. Rodney Harrison made the point, like, that was his defense to watch in the pregame. Hmm. And I think when you take it all down, him and the Bellas and the Chargers are the two that I go, ooh, I'm excited for the potential. You know, they got two good corners in Jair and, and Stokes, the kid, they another Georgia kid. You know, safety position – Darnell Savage is a pain in the butt and hasn't been as good as he should. Adrian Amos, the other safety. But then when you take Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, and, you know, we got Kenny Clark in the middle, yep. right? And we got Devon, Devondre Campbell, who did a hell of a job last year, and hopefully him and Quay Walker do that there. But you talk about, whoa, okay, wait, it's Kenny Clark and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and now you add a guy that I look at and go, he's Warren Sappish in the middle of the defense. 
uh, he's the guy I'm watching. Because if he's that guy, and then I'm going to go, oh, shit, watch out. The receiver thing might not matter in Green Bay. Hmm. If they're just efficient and run the ball, their defense might be so good that they'll be a pain in the ass and maybe win with a different style huh. and just be an ass kickers on defense. Packers for the first time be like, just don't blow it, Aaron Rodgers. Know, we got right? this game won. Right. Just don't do anything to screw it up. <laughs> uh, that would be nice for them because that has been a mantra around there. It's like get Kenny Clark some help, and maybe they've done that with Devontae Wyatt, your guy to watch. My guy to watch on the line there is TJ Slate in a fifth-round pick from 2021. Apparently he's looked pretty good. The defensive line coach there, Jerry Montgomery, says that he can be a dominant run stopper. And Matt LaFleur said that he is light years ahead of where he was a year ago. Now, that can be very good if that means it's a little improvement on an already good foundation. That could be bad if he was terrible last year. But he could be a key part, too, on that defensive line. Definitely. He's a guy, I'm not going to lie, that, like, remember watching him, you know, that year. Fifth-round pick. Big, Big, like, you know, just a big fucker in the middle of the defense. <laughs> but it sounds like they think he's more explosive it than does. maybe I gave him credit for. And that will be interesting to see. That's That, to me, is always the most exciting thing about this time of the year is the under-the-radar offensive oh. lineman or defensive lineman that we yep. don't really know about but the team knows about, and now we can see what he's got. And, man, you add him to the mix and the, some of those names we just talked about because Jerron Reed's there too. Yeah. We can't forget about that. To where that's where they might be able to win and not have to have Aaron Rodgers be perfect all the time, which would be nice for him to not always have to carry the squad and be magical that way. Some of the under-the-radar names that you may be hearing about this preseason, you're hearing them first here. On you're the hearing Chris them Sims first. Unbutton podcast. One final team, the Buccaneers, the favorite to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, plus 300. Their player to watch for you is Tom Brady. <sighs> you know, I've preseason. never heard of him, so he yeah, he's got pre- to pr- prove himself a little to me. <laughs> Did uh, he play at all last? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even remember. Nah, Has he just, played at all Just in another the average year for TB12. No, I know I that, mean. but like in the preseason, uh, is he even playing anymore? Ooh, Once see. you get to the age of like 40-something, I feel like you shouldn't play in the preseason anymore. Yeah, he just definitely does not need to. I, I do. He did play a little last year. Did he? He did. You know, they didn't play him early on because I think they had some injuries to the offensive line, so they stayed away from it. Um but I do believe he he played a, a few snaps. Maybe it was preseason game number three. They, I mean, they don't have a lot of question marks on their football team. That's for sure. It's one of the best rosters in football. I know, you know, the center position is an obvious one now with the you know the recent injury, and we're going to be looking at Robert Hainsey, see what he can do there. I'm not going to pick that, though, okay? Okay. I just don't feel like picking that. I don't know why. Akeem Hicks on the defensive line being there. I'm interested to see what he looks like with a Mm -hmm. bunch of fucking badasses there in Tampa. All right? But the guy I'm going to go with is last year's first-round pick, and that's Tryon Shyinka, the defense end, who's going to be replacing JPP. Mm. Uh, Joe, Joe Tryon, to me, I just I like the way he looked last year. You know, he he didn't start. He came in and spelled them and played special teams and did all that. But, I mean, if he ends up being what I've heard they think he can be, which is like a star pass rusher, just good night. I mean, gosh, Vita Vea, Shaquille Barrett, Akeem Hicks, you know, Golston subbing for them. And then now you got Tryon Shainka coming off the edge. Like, good night. See you later. And that would be scary. If they can just be that team that can always apply and win with four, you know, with the creativity Todd Bowles brings to the to the table, 
Yeah, he's the guy I'm going to be looking at early on to see if he's like he's really ready to to supplant JPP and, and that missing void there. And I'll add Logan Hall to yeah, that too. First sure. pick of the second round out of Houston, expected to kind of go back and forth, team up with Akeem Hicks there, replacing Sue. And so yeah, I mean that. Yes, but, didn't yeah, I J- say that? Pete. P says JPP not there anymore. Yeah, he's replacing. Did him. you yep. give a guy for the Cardinals? Did you a player to watch? It was oh, Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> <You're funny>. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we need to give you a mic. Badly. Pete says he's he's giving back the mic right now. Um, no, yeah, it's. Um, I, I know that's that's where and you're, Logan Hall. I mean, I mean again, it's just they're they're got an embarrassment of riches at, at some places, and he is one of those guys that's like. You know, oh, we're going to play him a defense end because we got to stop the run. He can play defensive tackle and be a disruptive pass rusher type. Yeah, he's going to be able to fill a few different roles there. And yeah, that's a very well orchestrated uh, roster there by Jason Light for sure. Man, I love that. That was good. That, that was, was good. some good players to watch yep. and some good storylines that we can track this preseason. We can check back and see how some of those guys are doing as we go. How long did we go there, Pete? I I'm feel like that was one forty. I feel like that was a beefy, a beefy one. Oof. All right. All right. Sorry, yeah. Kristen. So hopefully you ate before the pod and all the people back there. Uh, all right. But yeah, hey, sorry. but it was informative at least. You it, know? And if you're a homie and you've made it to this part, congratulations to you. You're a homie. Yeah, you're a real homie. You are a real homie now. Come up to Chris if you ever see him and go, I'm a real homie. <laughs> I, w- I made it to the end of that player to watch NFC preview. <laughs> yes. Pod. Yep. And uh, we got another one coming Wednesday. And we got another one Wednesday. AFC on Wednesday, baby. And Ahmed will be here, and he won't be traveling in from a baseball game till he'll be here in all his greatness. Um, yeah. What else? We're going to maybe take a few. Well, we probably won't be able to take any questions from the homies or do other any other segment other than this on Wednesday. Let's not promise anything Let's else. Not. You know? Let's <laughs> it's hard. It's- this is a dangerous like formula for a guy like me you know me because i can't shut my mouth and i give a lot of <laughs> oohs and is and what's and buts and all well, that crap but yeah. that's what i do i'm sorry it's meaty though it was meaty it there was. was nothing generic about that pod yep i mean that was meaty stuff that you probably can't get anywhere else and tune in wednesday to see if i continue to have more willpower than ahmed farid i mean i quit weed he can't quit red bulls and vodka <laughs> or red bulls not vodka, <laughs> not vodka. <laughs> don't start these rumors <laughs> oh my gosh just red bull he doesn't go, do vodka i was drinking red bull right. and vodka in the pub i was we'll like yeah, this flight was canceled from Cleveland, okay, so okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to, though. <laughs> yeah, come, to, come to work drunk. No problem. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the listen. I hope we gave you a little info. I know I enjoyed the exercise. Ahmed with his D-lineman to watch. Yep. Awesome. That'll be a continuing theme throughout the year. Stay safe. We'll see you Wednesday. Keep sending in questions. We'll probably get to them next week. I'm not going to promise them Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, first week of preseason football this week, I'm really excited for that. Get back in. Get to see some of these guys. All right, everybody. Be good. Be safe. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap, Clap it, it up. up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.